This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Angels Recap Podcast, a review of the past week in Angels baseball. 2-0 on track. This one is crushed. Left center field way out of here. Now here's your host, Trent Rush. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Angels Recap Podcast. My name is Trent Rush. 2023, here we go. Let's go. Angels baseball season is here. We're ready for it. We're excited to be with you here for another campaign. Uh, just looking forward to doing this podcast once again. Just a couple of things I want to get to uh, here. Just kind of giving you the lay of the land, what this pod is going to be like now moving forward. We're changing things up a little bit. Uh, one of the biggest things that we're really going to make an emphasis on here on the Angels Recap Podcast is I want, we want to get you guys players. We want to hear from Angels players. And there's a lot of great interviews that we do on AM830 all the time, whether it be on the Sports Lodge, the Roger Lodge, whether it be on Angels pregame shows on the weekend. Mark Langston, every Saturday, does an interview with a great guest every week. And I know that those that tune into the radio and want to listen to what Mark Langston has to say, well, they're always good conversations. And you get a chance to do that on air but if you miss it you're like okay well now what do we do well we want to have those available for you here on the podcast and of course on my show angels recap and some of the pregame shows uh, that i do as well here from angels players angels executives uh, people that are calling shots coaches people around this organization around this community this family that is angels baseball we want to do a better job of sharing that with you so that's what we're going to do here on the angels recap podcast i'm proud to be hosting it for another season uh, believe it or not, this is my ninth season now with the Angels uh, coming into 2023. So I'm looking forward to seeing this group. Just got back from spring training. Uh, the Angels season already a weekend, believe it or not. Home opener coming up Friday at the Big A. We're going to be on from noon basically on. There's going to be a red carpet show starting at 1230. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be so much fun here at the Big A coming up on opening day. It's awesome as it always is. I hope you get a chance to be a part of it. If you don't, well, don't worry about that because there's going to be more opportunities uh, to be part of what we're doing here across the season as well. If you miss opening day, it's okay. You've got 80 more chances to get to the Big A. There are plenty of opportunities for you to get here. I encourage you to do it. Because I encourage you to watch this team. And I think that there's going to be a lot to like about this Angels ball club. Uh, If you've been watching the games, you know about the additions of Hunter Renfro in right field. What a a pickup that is. One of the premier outfield arms in baseball. Nobody with more outfield assists since 2020 than Hunter Renfro. You think about Brandon Drury, who is a silver slugger a season ago. Comes over from the National League to the American League. What do you have, three hits the other night in Seattle? He's already proven to be valuable play uh, wherever you want on that right side, whether it be first base, second base. I think Brandon Drury, a depth pickup for the Angels that all of a sudden is looking like a very important piece for what the Angels are doing. And then you also look at Gio Urshela, who's going to get a lot of looks at shortstop for the Angels this year. So you piece that all together. You look at those pickups for the Halos. Man, that's exciting. Tyler Anderson, the rotation. Estevez at the back end of games in the bullpen. I know his spring training wasn't the greatest, but you know, 
Quite frankly, we, we talk about how spring training stats don't matter. I think they do matter for guys on the bubble. I think they do matter for guys that um, are trying to fight for a spot at the major league level. Young guys performing in spring training games. To them, I think the spring training numbers matter. For veterans, they don't at all. It's uh, meaningless. And, you know, there are a couple things that, you know, Estevez kind of made you hold your breath a little bit in spring training going, wait a minute, you know, first impressions usually are pretty important. And I don't know that the first impression that Estevez made in spring training is exactly a reflection of the kind of pitcher that he is. I think Estevez is going to be very good for the Angels in a bullpen that, Look, it's going to take some time to identify these bullpen roles where guys need to be. And even in normal circumstances, it takes like six weeks. I think with this Angels bullpen, who knows? It might take longer. So that's going to be one thing to keep an eye on over the course of this season. On this podcast today, we're going to have Roger Lodge's interview with Mike Trout from opening night when the Angels began the season on Thursday in Oakland. We'll have that for you. We will also have a conversation that Mark Langston had with Logan O'Hoppy. So that's all coming up uh, here in a couple of minutes. Before we get to those, I did want to share some of my thoughts from being in Arizona. And we were just talking about the major league depth and the pieces that are in place here at the big league level on this Angels roster. The thing that blew me away And my takeaway from spring training was the young players in this Angels system. What were the Angels ranked? I think MLB Pipeline just gave the Angels a rated of 28th out of 30 across Major League Baseball. Look, there's a couple of reasons for that. I think number one, the Angels as an organization just don't give out a whole lot of information to the publications that put those together. I think that's the first thing. The second thing is... For the Angels to get credit, basically, for what they're doing at the minor league level, you need some guys to work their way through the farm, get to the major leagues, and succeed at the major league level. So that kind of puts some pressure. I don't know if it's pressure, but what it does, it makes the season important if you're a prospect person, if you care about where your club ranks on prospect rankings. If that matters to you, well, then how Patrick Sandoval does this year, not truly homegrown, but you know when the Angels acquired him, he was a double-A pitcher. Uh, how Logan O'Hoppy does this year, and so far off to a great start. Again, the Angels traded for him, but he's the number one prospect in the system. When you look at what Reed Detmers, truly homegrown, what Detmers does this year, how he competes at the major league level. Taylor Ward is another. I know he's just because he's so far removed from being a prospect, maybe less onus on Ward at this point, but... When you see the homegrown guys get to the big league level and succeed at the big league level, then you start to see some heads turn. The Angels have talent. The talent is real. The pitching, like when the Angels brought in all of those pitchers in 2021, we're starting to see some of those guys. I think we're going to see Sam Bachman, first-round pick from that class, at some point this year. We already have seen Chase Silseth who might be the best pitcher in the minor leagues right now. Ben Joyce, third-round pick from last year. We know he's a flamethrower, 105 miles an hour. He's got to refine some things. There's no doubt that he's got to clean up his command a little bit. He's got to field his position a little bit better. He's got to learn how to pitch. The guy has hardly thrown any innings at any level, uh, let alone professional baseball. He was you know, a, a non-high-leverage guy at Tennessee, when he was dominating the SEC, but he was you know, coming in in the seventh inning when the team was down. You know, for Ben Joyce, it's going to be for him, you know, learning how to pitch. We know he can throw. My goodness, can he throw? He can. He's got a special arm. He's got a truly world-class arm. 
And I think with some innings, with some experience, I think Ben Joyce is going to be somebody we see this year help out in this Angels bullpen. So I'm looking forward to pieces like that. Zach Neto, the shortstop the Angels took in the first round last year, man, does this guy look the part. He, I mean, he looks real at shortstop. LeVon Soto looks real at shortstop. We saw him in 18 games a season ago. He hit only 400, right? <laughs> you know, that's all he did. That's all LeVon Soto did was come up to the major leagues in 18 games, bat 400, and play stellar defense. That's all. So when you look at pieces like that, and Kyron Paris is another that, that's on his way. The guy that I really like that, that blew me away because I didn't know anything about him before spring training was Adrian Placencia. We saw him in some Cactus League games, especially early on where he was making some of the most incredible plays at second base when we know his primary position is at shortstop. He's going to be in high A to start the year. If anybody watched the Angels in spring training, you, like me, probably saw Adrian Placencia at the, in the back end of games doing things that you just don't see. I mean, defensively, he's a major league quality now. That would be very good at the major league level, defensively. And he's going to be in high A. What's that tell you? What's that tell you about the Angels' depth? When you think about Soto, when you think about Neto, double-A guy, when you think about in high A is Adrian Placencia, organizational depth is as good as it has been in well over a decade here with the Angels. I just said it was my ninth season. I've grown up in Southern California following this team. I've been following the Angels for 30 years, okay? Uh, you know, you go back and you look at what the Halos have done with this group now, and it's not just depth at the big league level, depth organizationally. And also a little bit of a change of tune in terms of how the Angels view the minor leagues. You know, in the past, there have been some regimes that have viewed the minor leagues as truly about individual development. Truly about what can you do to get your individual skill set as good as it can be to impact the major league level. When you do that, there's one skill that gets missed. Learning how to win. And I know it's cliche, but I think it's real. And, And this group now is learning how to win. In 2019, the Angels had the worst winning percentage of any organization, top to bottom. And had no teams make the playoffs. No season in 2020. In 2021, they made a jump from 30th to 23rd. Again, that the first year under Perry Manassi. No teams made the postseason. Last season, 2022, they make the jump from the 23rd best winning percentage in baseball of 30 clubs to 8th. 23rd to 8th, top 10, and two affiliates made the postseason. The Angels want every team in the organization to make the playoffs. Not just the big league club. Of course, that's what we all cared most about is what happens at the major league level. But success at the major league level starts with a base, starts with a foundation, a solid foundation, and the Angels are building a very good one at the minor league level right now. Something that we just haven't seen in a while. So, You're going to see it, and you're going to hear people throw at you, okay, well, wait a minute. How come the Angels are ranked 28th then in the rankings? Forget the rankings. The substance is there. When If you saw Adrian Placencia in spring training and you can see the talent he's got, and you're like me and you like to scout out players, and you see that, wait, that guy's in A ball? I mean, he'd be in triple A. Definitely double A, but probably triple A in some organizations. 
the Angels are really deep up the middle all over the place. Outfield, you know, in, in center, shortstop, catcher, the Angels are deep throughout. Edgar Caro, MVP of the Cal League a season ago, 19 years old, really impressed in spring training. There's a couple of prospects the Angels have that are real. And I'm looking forward to seeing their development. Joey Probinski, Angels Farm Director, doing a really good job with this organization as a whole. So for me, that was my biggest takeaway. And like in spring training, we all joke like, who cares about winning in spring training, like who cares, wins, losses, doesn't matter. Well, the Angels were Cactus League champs two years in a row. In spring training, games are not won and lost by the guys you see in big league games. You know, Mike Trout, Shohei Otani, Hunter Renfro, Brandon Drury, Taylor Ward, those guys are not impacting, for the most part, how well you do in the Cactus League, in spring training. You know who does make a difference? Your minor leaguers. How do your minor leaguers compete against other minor leaguers on the back end of games when a lot of times, you know, for the Angels, there have been so many years where once the starters come out of the game, like once Trout and Otani are out of there, you're like, well, what are you watching now? Well, Trout and Otani were so busy, the World Baseball Classic, you were seeing the depth of the big league level and the Angels being able to put out a very solid lineup on every given day with no ring Ifo. Uh, who's with Venezuela, no Otani much of the time, no Trout much of the time. You know, you you go up and down and you think about the pieces that were missing. No Patrick Sandoval, and the Angels' rotation still looked pretty good. You know, you, you take away all these players for the World Baseball Classic, and there was no club that had more guys at the WBC than the Angels did, and the Angels had a coach leave, and Benji Gill did a phenomenal job with Team Mexico. All those guys at the WBC and the Angels were still fielding competitive lineups and a lineup full of big leaguers. And then in the second half of games, the Angels won because the Angels minor leaguers are learning how to win. And they competed and had some great comebacks. And I thought played really well in the back end of games. You started to look forward to the second half of these spring training games because you were so excited about the youth that is in this organization and what is coming in Angels baseball. So that's my biggest takeaway from spring training. Love what the Angels are doing at the minor league level in addition to what's being done at the Major League level. Speaking of the Major League level, we're all excited. The home opener coming up on Friday, Angels, Blue Jays, Patrick Sandoval on the mound for the Halos. It's going to be awesome. Well, on opening night to the season, which was a week ago today, as this comes out on a Thursday, it was Mike Trout getting together with Roger Lodge on the Sports Lodge on AM830. And here now is their conversation. Again, it is opening day 2023. Our Angels getting ready to kick things off up in Oakland and who better to jump on to discuss the upcoming season than the face of the franchise, a 10-time All-Star, three-time MVP, back-to-back All-Star Game MVP, nine-time Silver Slugger Award winner, and more importantly, Beckham's daddy. He's our Captain America, now golf course owner, apparently. Here's Michael Nelson Trout. Mike, how are you? How's it going? Doing good. Hey, man, thanks Doing for jumping good. on here. I can't believe this. Here we are, Mike, opening day 2023. It seems like 20 minutes ago you were stepping up to the plate against Blake Bevan of the Mariners in 2011 when you were filling in for Peter Borges. Has this just flown by for you? Oh, it's been uh, been real quick. You know, I think, uh, you know, it's, it's, because I was, it's because I've been, you know, having fun doing it. 
um, you know, it, it definitely uh, flies by. Um, this, I think this would be my 11th opening day. I think so. You know, I was thinking about it in, in, uh, in, uh, in the hotel this morning. You know, it's just uh, it's it's pretty pretty special to be um, be here, and you know, it's just uh, very humbling. Hey, let me go back to that first at bat really quick. What do you remember most about your very first major league at bat? Yeah, no, I stepped in the box and um, and I had to step out, which with the, with the pitch clock nowadays, I don't know if he can if he can do that. But uh, I would have to call time out, and uh, you know, it kind of it kind of I had to pinch myself a little bit because I felt like I was playing uh, MLB the show, and I felt like I was just playing a video game. It didn't it didn't feel real. It was just so so surreal, and um, couldn't really feel anything in my body. Just uh, you know, just a lot of emotions, a lot of. A lot of things going through my mind that you know I'm here. So, <laughs> and the next night, infield single against Michael Pineda for your first major league hit. Do you know where that baseball is today? Oh yeah, oh yeah, I got it. I got it in a nice safe, safe spot. Uh, oh, that's awesome! And hey, uh, heading into this season, is this the best you have felt physically in quite a while? Yeah, no, I feel great. Um, yeah, I think. Uh, Physically and mentally, I think um, you know going into it, you know with 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 playing in the WBC and playing in them big big moments, I think that uh, is going to go a long way. Um, you know, just prepare you for for the season. You know, playing nine innings already and just being uh, being ready to go. The World Baseball Classic was just so awesome in so many ways. But come on, man, you could not have scripted that any better. <laughs> you in the batter's box. I mean, does I it, mean, it could have been scripted a little bit better. I mean, I couldn't have <laughs> <it all>. <laughs> But let me, here's yeah. my question about that. When you're in the batter's box and it's a historical moment, and I'm sure the internet nearly blew up when you're in the batter's box, but are you so dialed in at the time that you don't have time to process, like, what was really going on there? Um, You know, I kind of I kind of knew what was going on before it happened um you know it was a, it was a it was a cool moment you know i think all the fans wanted to see it and, uh, obviously didn't go out the way i wanted to do on my end but uh you know it was good for baseball i think if you look back on the wbc on on everything the ratings and what 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 transpired it was it was incredible you know it was great for great for the game of baseball or, was it more rock. was it more fun or more nerve-wracking oh fun fun it was it was it's uh, the whole, the whole, the whole uh, tournament was was fun. You know, I had it was probably the the funnest I've had, and it, you know, it reminded me, it reminded me of when I was a kid. You know, playing on like uh, travel ball with, with the boys. You know, it was winter, go home, so it was uh, it was pretty cool. When you were playing travel ball back in the day, were you always playing against kids that were much older than you? Yeah, yeah, I always played up. Was Shohei the best pitcher you have ever faced? Uh, the best pitcher I've ever faced. I yeah. mean, I mean he's he's up there for sure. You know, I only got I only got to see uh, two of his pitches, so I know he's got that splitting <laughs> in the back too. So, um, you know, I, I faced a lot of guys that night that were pretty nasty. So, you know, that Japanese team had a, had some arms, and it was uh it was just fun to compete. You know, I think you know being out there and you know facing guys that obviously you haven't faced before. It's uh, it was pretty cool. Have you and Shohei joked about the matchup since you got, both got back with the ball club? Nah, you know, I'm sure it'll come up here and there, but 
you know, he's, he's, he's locked in. You know, I'm getting ready to go out for, um, you know, stretch right now for before the game. And, you know, he's dialing in right now on the, on the iPad going over the matchup. So it's, uh, you know, we're, 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 we turned the page. We had a, we had a good moment, but we turned the page and now it's, uh, you know, we're locked in on the angels. So, Hey Mike, did you need a day just to shut it all down when you go back to Arizona or was it just back to business in the cage, getting swings in? Yeah, no, I, I, I took a couple of days off just to, you know, just to let my body, you know, settle down and get my mind off a little bit. And now, now we're back to the, back to the, you know, you need, some, you need, you need days like that. You need, you need some days where you just want to go enjoy, you know, other, other things other than baseball and just get your mind off everything. And, um, but you know, looking back, it was uh, it was a pretty incredible experience. Tell me what it meant to be around and have hitting conversations with Ken Griffey Jr. Yeah, and no, I was obviously you know as a kid growing up, you always want to emulate his swing, and you know having an opportunity to you know I ran into him a couple of times before the WBC, but nothing like the WBC with with you know being there and talking to him, having him in the clubhouse, being with all the guys. It was uh, it was a pretty cool moment for me. You know, it's uh, just being around them was pretty special. And being back here with the Halos, especially after all the great work Perry did during the offseason, adding the depth to the rotation with Tyler Anderson, the bullpen with Estevez and Matt Moore. Then he brings in Renfro, Urshela, Drury, Brett Phillips. Are you feeling good about this squad heading into the season? Yeah, no, no it's – it's uh the additions were huge. You know, bringing in some – bringing in some, you know, dudes, as, as uh, Ned would say, and just – Guys that that's been been uh, successful in the league and you know made a pretty big pretty big impact for the team. So I'm looking forward to it. And, um, I'm excited to get this thing going. You have any goals this season other than just staying healthy? Um, no individual. I mean, I think everybody's goal in here is to you know be playing in October. So you know that's that's the main goal. Okay, listen, man, I know you have to go stretch, but really quickly, the single most important thing about our conversation here. Okay, I think we're coming up on three years old for Beckham. How's fatherhood going, and what's he doing right now? What's the cutest thing he's begun to do? Fatherhood is, is you know, the best thing ever. Um, seeing my son grow up and seeing him change and learn new things every single day, it, uh, it's, it's pretty special. And uh, right now, um, he, he was I got a call this morning. He was upset because I told him that uh, his – Tea, his bat and tea was supposed to get delivered from Amazon this morning, and something got held up. So um, they'll be here tomorrow. So I got that phone call first because I, I felt bad because I called him and said, "Hey," or I told him last night, I said, "Hey, your bat and tea will be there in the morning." And then something went wrong, so it'll be here tomorrow. But no, he's uh, he's starting to really figure out this baseball thing. He's starting to enjoy it, and uh, he's always wanted to hit. You know, I think I got a, I think I got a little lefty. He throws righty, but he hits lefty. So, How's that? Pretty smooth swing, right? Yeah, smooth. It's pretty. It, you know, I set him up on the tee righty, and then he just switches to lefty and just and just nukes it. So it's uh, I'm just letting him do his thing, and you know, Jess and I, and you know, obviously you got to give props to the wife. You know, she's she's there on. You know, we we take this journey. And we have the road trip road trips every every week and every two weeks or whatever, and just being away from them. You know, they they. Uh, they deserve a lot of credit, you know, that they, that they don't get. And, uh, you know, it's special. And Jess is uh, just, you know, I can't thank her enough as well. Oh, my God. Mothers are the salt of the earth, man. I could not agree with you more. So does does uh, Beckham have a little brother or sister coming soon? 
not right now. Not right now. Not right now. But I, I'm trying to get late breaking news, Mike. I'm trying to get late no, breaking no, no, news no. here. <laughs> no, no, no. Right. no, no, no uh, not expecting anything. Well, maybe. All right, la- never know. All right, last thing I promise. Every time I play golf, yeah. I have to debate whether or not I'm going to spend the 20 bucks on a on a golf cart or just walk the course and save the 20 bucks for an OG's pizza yeah. on the way home. But you just bought your own golf course. Tell us real quickly, <laughs> Trout National, the reserve. I mean, it's going to be over there. I think I know the area over there near Hans Bridge Road. I think I went to a Beach Boys yeah. concert over there a long time ago. So really quickly, <laughs> tell tell us about it. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's pretty exciting. Um, you know, I obviously love love golf. Um, it's a passion. You know, I have a son baseball, and there's one of my you know lifetime goals is to eventually own a golf course. And you know, now um, you know I found a great partner in, in John Ruger, and um, you know we te- we teamed up with Tiger to design it, which was incredible. Um, you know, my reason why I play golf is because you know watching him when I was a kid. So um, to have him. Be- be able to design it and be a part of it. It's, uh, it means a lot to me, and it's uh, it's going to be pretty cool. Is there a round with Tiger in your future? What's that? Is there a round with Tiger in your future? Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm sure we're going to play some rounds for sure. Oh, man. I get That's to pick his brain be... a little bit, yeah. <laughs> that will be awesome. Hey, did you see Adam Wainwright sing the national anthem today in St. I Louis? Did. I did. That was That was incredible. You know, I get you know WBC. I got to talk to Wayne out a little bit and get to know him a little bit more. And uh, what an unbelievable guy! And just uh, you know, great for the game. And just you know, just to be able to do that and uh, you know and kill it. You know, he crushed it. So, could you ever imagine doing that? Can you sing? No, 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 no. I could sing in the shower when <laughs> no one's there, but not. I, I can't. I, I would never do that. I know you have opening night to get ready for. Thanks so much for the time. Before you leave me, though, what's the message for all of the loyal Angel fans as we head into 2023? Yeah, no, just, uh, you know, we're excited about the year. We're going to leave it all out there. we got a great team. And I'm, you know, looking forward to get this thing going, get to the playoffs. Mike, you're awesome. Appreciate the time. Give Beckham a high five from me, okay? No, I appreciate it. Thank you. Man, that's such great stuff from Roger Lodge. Did a great job in that interview with Mike Trout. Really cool insight there on this Angels team. By the way, how do we get on Trout National? That's going to be something. I'm going to be working on that. Believe me, I'm going to be working on on how do we get on the links, another uh, show we do on AM830. How do, how do we get on the links to do some coverage of Mike Trout's new golf course out there in Jersey? That's going to be awesome. Okay, uh, we're going to get you Mark Linkson's interview with Logan O'Hoppy in a moment. But first, here's a word from our sponsors. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Trent Rush here. This is the Angels Recap Podcast. Opening day coming up here at the Big A, the home opener. Anyways, Angels season is here. We're a weekend, believe it or not. We're so excited to be with you uh, here for another installment of the Angels Recap Podcast. Okay, I don't know that there's been anybody that has made a better first impression on Angel fans here in 2023 than what Logan O'Hoppy has done. All he did was drive in the first RBI of the season for the Angels. Uh, hit a three-run shot in uh, a big win in Oakland after that. Drove in some more runs. In fact, Logan O'Hoppy had six of the team's first 17 RBI to begin the year. How about that? How about Logan O'Hoppy, the 23-year-old catcher? Really impressed by him. He's the Angels' number one prospect. He's also, you know, saddled with the responsibility now as Max Stassi dealing with not only a hip issue, but a personal situation as well. And, you know, we are certainly keeping Max in our thoughts and prayers with whatever's going on there right now because uh, Phil Nevin told us it's just something that we need to be mindful of. And that's what we're doing here. So, um, you know, in the meantime, Logan O'Hoppy, who, look, I think a lot of people expected O'Hoppy to be pretty good this year. And you think about the tandem behind the dish of what O'Hoppy can do as, as a young player at 23 years old, trying to cut his teeth at the big league level. You have the veteran Max Stassi, um, who, who knows how to handle Angels pitchers so well. When you think about what that tandem together could do, you got excited about it. Obviously, right now, the Angels don't have Max Stassi with the club. Matt Theis is here, and, and we all know what Matt Theis is capable of doing. And you know, But for Logan O'Hoppy, comes out and just a, an unbelievable first impression, driving in the runs he did at the plate, also doing a really good job handling pitchers. We saw Logan O'Hoppy catch Shohei Otani a bunch, and... You know, at the end of spring training, you know, I was out there on those backfields at Tempe Diablo Stadium hanging out. It was me and about uh, 50 media members, uh, many of which were from Japan, to be around every move that Shohei Otani makes. And part of that was Logan O'Hoppy being behind the plate as Shohei Otani was getting his last work in uh, before the regular season was to begin. It was cool to see that. It was cool to see that relationship as O'Hoppy and and uh, Shohei Otani has continued to grow. I, I think that's not a small thing at all. And you know, if you think about, I, I'm I'm really excited about Reed Detmers. You know, he's 23 and. You're also thinking about another 23-year-old no hoppy and what that battery could be for a long time for the Angels. I think it's something to be excited about. Obviously, Patrick Sandoval, who was so great in the World Baseball Classic for Team Mexico and you know just kept that going. He's getting the start in the home opener coming up Friday night against the Blue Jays. All of that is going to be really cool. And it's also been fun watching the development of Logan O'Hoppy just in the short time that he joined the Angels at the Major League level for four games the end of last season. Getting to be around him in spring training and now seeing what he's doing at the big league level in games that count, it's very impressive. 
Nothing to me more impressive than his maturity and the way he handles himself. Talking with Logan O'Hoppy, you forget that he's a 23-year-old um, until he starts telling you stuff about how you know he got the dress code mixed up and wore the wrong thing, the wrong spot, and you know he's trying to learn how to to be a major leaguer. Those are some of the things that come with getting to the big leagues and. I think Logan O'Hoppy is really good about keeping that in perspective, understanding the privilege it is to be a Major League Baseball player. Believe me, that is not lost on him, but also to be able to channel that and also succeed at this level and have the confidence to do it, the poise, the maturity. All of that, to me, makes Logan O'Hoppy one of the more impressive individuals that had a chance to be around covering this Angels team. And who better to talk to for Logan O'Hoppy as he handles a pitching staff with four left-handers? And if you include uh, Tucker Davidson, if he ends up being the guy making the sixth start, the five-and-a-half-man rotation, five lefties in that rotation, then our lefty in the Angels radio booth, Mark Langston. So here is Mark Langston's conversation with Logan O'Hoppy from Saturday. Logan, thanks for taking the time to join us. No, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. All right, the first question I want to get, I'm going to go back in time. When did you want to be a catcher? At what age did you decide, okay, I'm going to put the gear on and I want to get back behind home plate? Yeah, I was, uh, I was nine years old. Um, I just started playing playing travel baseball back home on Long Island. And, uh, and yeah, it was something that I was interested in and uh, and got my first glove. And that's, uh, that's kind of how it started is, as most catchers do, and then it built into a mask and a chest protector, and before I knew it, I had my own gear, so um, fell in love with that at a young age. So at nine years old, you decide, I'm going to be a catcher. Obviously, you have that strong throwing arm. You, they had to put you on the mound at some point to, to pitch, but what, what guys did you look up to when you were growing up? As, as far as being a catcher, once you put that gear on, you've got to go, all right, I'm going to start looking at these guys at the major league level, what guys did you follow at a young age? Yeah, the first guy that comes to mind is Buster Posey. Um, that's a guy that I looked up to on the catching side of things. Um, growing up overall, I was, I was a Derek Cheater guy and still am now. Um, being 23 and still a fan of Derek Cheaters, but um, catching wise, Buster Posey, and uh, and I feel like he um, he did it right. Obviously, he had a great career, so um, I try to still learn from watching him. Yeah, I always talk to, to young players and young kids, and, and I always tell them, watch the major leaguers, watch how they go about their business. You talked about Buster Posey. Certainly, I think he's probably a Hall of Famer. There's no doubt about it. Did you pay real close attention to details on what Buster Posey did, or you just kind of followed it as a fan? I always, uh, always paid attention to details. Um, obviously, I can't see as much as I can now um, playing with other guys, but um, I took everything I could get and, and tried to tried to dissect it as much as I could. And, uh, and yeah, I feel like it was a great one to, to learn from and watch. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, let's get to last season. You get traded from the Phillies over to the Angels. You have a successful season with the Trash Pandas. You guys end up getting to the postseason. Talk to me about when they called you in the office and said, oh, by the way, before you head home, you're going to the major leagues. Yeah, I actually, so believe it or not, I was home already. I'd, I'd walked down to um, baggage claim, and I was actually on the escalator at the baggage claim when uh, when Andy Shatsley, the manager for the Trash Pandas, they gave me a call and, and told me. And, uh, and yeah, I tried to keep it together, but I was uh, I was a crying mess at that baggage claim. So, um, yeah, it was a pretty pretty crazy moment. And then obviously calling my family, too, that was special as well. So um, it's 
so yeah, it was a, it was a crazy turnaround, and then it was a it was a great time in Rocket City. We had a really good group down there and had a lot of fun with those guys. So that was the uh, that was the cherry on top to it all. All right, so you you get called up, you get to the big leagues, and all of a sudden they say, all right, you're going to get your first your behind home plate, and in that first game you get your very first major league hit. When you get the first base, what goes what went through your mind? Uh, um, I mean, it was just a wave of emotion and, and a wave of, of gratitude for all the people that helped me get here. Um, I always say it takes an army, and, and I got a pretty good one back home. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I would be here all day if I, if I gave you a list of people to thank, but um, that's who was running through my mind the whole time. Um, and the fact that, you know, you're here and you're doing it, I felt like that was pretty present um, during my debut and, and have been so far in my career. But, um yeah, it's one of those moments where where time stops. Yeah, it, it was such a great moment. You're obviously your family was in the stands, uh, and to be able to share that moment after a game uh, with your family, uh, it, it's just so special. Okay, you head into the off season this year, and you come into camp, and you know that you okay, I've I've cracked the door. Now I got to put my foot in. Talk to me about coming into camp this year with an opportunity to maybe break with the big league club. Yeah, it was a little different, but um, in all honesty, when I put the gear on and, and put that uniform on, it was back to baseball. My approach, my first spring training was um, was to come in prepared and, and to win a job somewhere, and uh, and that didn't change this year. Um, even though the stakes were a little bit higher, and that the the job at stake was was a little bit a uh, little bit higher, but um, didn't change my approach. Went in and, and tried to get the most of every day and, and soak up as much I could, and uh, and I'm still doing that now. Now, with that being said, all of a sudden, Max Dassey, he has the injury, and obviously that's going to put you in a different element. When did you start understanding that, hey, man, I'm going to probably, I got a chance to not only make this team, but I might be the opening day starter. When did that start to materialize? And obviously, we're going to get to the next point is who you're going to catch opening day. And I've heard so many great stories about, you talked about the attention to detail that you pay. Now you've got to really turn to a different mindset and go, okay, I'm going to catch probably one of the best in the game, Shohei Otani, on opening day. So how, when did that mindset start to kick in going, oh, my gosh, I could be the opening day starter? Yeah, I didn't I didn't think about it very much, to be honest with you. Um, we had such a good group, especially the catchers in spring training, that we, we stayed pretty present and, and got the most out of every day and, and had fun with one another as well. Um, there was a lot of fun this past spring training with the group of guys, so – I didn't really think about it beforehand, but then it, it hit me when Nev told me, um, you know, when he told me that uh, I'd be starting to, or yesterday it was, that it was, it was pretty surreal, and that's when it hit me. So I was happy because I feel like I did a pretty good job of, of being one of my feet were in spring training, um, granted everything at stake. But, um, yeah, that was when it hit me, and, and I've been grateful since. And let's talk about that opening day yesterday. Uh, I don't feel, again, once again, these are first. These are boxes that you are checking as you go along, and your first opening day roster, your first opening day start. Talk to me again. The emotional side of what goes on with all of that. How do you keep yourself pre- as you talk about being present when you have a lot of emotion attached to this? Took a moment when the uh, when the anthem was going on, and uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty pretty incredible. I mean, it's something you think about for I mean, shoot, in my case. 
20, 22, 23 years, you know. So, um, yeah, I took it in, but then once I, I put that mask back on and look up and she always told me rubber, then it was back to baseball. It was back to the game that I had played and, and that, I, that I've always loved. So um, I did take a moment, and it was pretty cool, but um, I'm happy I had that week up last year to, to get my nerves out of the way as far as the newness of everything. So I feel like all those, those initial initial jitters are past me, and, and now it's time to win. Well, and again, you've talked about the attention to detail. Now you're catching Shohei Otani, one of the best in the game of baseball. What is that like? How do you think up? I know Shohei calls his pitches, but what's the conversations before the game where you guys are going to be on the same page between you and Shohei? Yeah, I listen to him a lot. Um, I don't. I try not to say much because obviously he's got his plan and he's got the stuff he has. So. <laughs> I don't think uh, I always say. I mean, obviously, everyone talks about everything he can do on both ends of the ball, which is nothing short of unbelievable. But I don't think his stuff on the mound is talked about enough. It is by far the best stuff I've ever seen, and uh, and it's it's just so fun and so unique to work with him. Um, yeah, I'm I, I'm pretty confident in whatever he calls. You know, there's there's no pitch that I'm on the fence about when he puts it down. But um, yeah, I mean, he's he's a special. He's as advertised. And let's talk about that fourth inning when Shohei, really the only threat the A's had against Shohei was in that fourth inning. Second and third, one out, and all of a sudden you get to see the real, you're behind home plate. You have the best seat in the house to see one of the best in the game. Dial it up, and all of a sudden we're seeing the 99s, the 100s. Finishes that inning off with a 101-mile-an-hour fastball to get out of that jam. What is it like when you're behind home plate and you see a great, one of the greats, be able to dial it up and get itself out of a jam like that. It's electric. It's electric. Happy is wearing the same jersey we are. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty incredible. It's it's fun to be a part of, and like you said, it's fun to have the seat that I do because um, I know no one else gets to see that view of it. Um, they can only take my word for it, but it is uh, it's as incredible as it looks on the broadcast or wherever anyone's watching. All right, Logan. Last thing for you, obviously. This is going to be your first full season at the major league level. What what have you learned to this point? Obviously, you're in the locker room with two of the best players in the world. With we've already talked so much about Joey, but you also got Mike Trout. How much are you paying attention to? You got Anthony Rendon also, and there's a lot of veterans on this club. How much are you paying attention to their routine and what they do? How do they get themselves ready for each day? I'm always looking at it and always looking to try to improve my routine and, and by watching those guys because obviously those guys got it down and they're doing a bunch of things right, um, all the all the guys we have. So um, I'm just really excited and grateful to be a part of it and, and looking forward to learning more. Logan, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to just chat and get, be able to catch up with you. We are all excited about what you can bring to this ball club here in 2023. And as a young man at 23 years old, to be able to get back there and control the staff, boy, that's exciting. And I know Angel fans are very excited to have you here. And we just wish you the best here in 2023. I appreciate it, sir. Thank you. But you talk about two people that I respect immensely in Mark Langston and Logan O'Hoppy. I can't wait to see what Logan O'Hoppy ends up doing, not just this season, but throughout his Angels career. It's uh, pretty exciting. Uh, the Angels' number one prospect already making an impact at the Major League level. Of course, that interview part of the Angels pregame show before every Angels game on radio, Angels Radio, AM830. Great stuff there. Hopefully you get a chance to join us uh, for that. In the meantime, well, 
That's going to just about do it for us here on this first installment of the 2023 season here on the Angels Recap Podcast. I want to thank Howard and Derek back in our AM830 studios. My name is Trent Rush. Thanks to each and every one of you for joining us here as the Angels get set to begin their home slate Friday against the Toronto Blue Jays. Cannot wait for that. If you're not a subscriber already, please do so. We'd love to hear from you. You can also find me on Twitter at Trent Rush Sports. Send me some tweets. We'll answer some of your questions on future shows and uh, continue to bring you great interview guests. It's going to be tough to top this one, though, with Mike Trout and Logan O'Hoppy, but we'll uh, do our best moving forward. Until next time, I'm Trent. We'll see you.